0: The third dimension. This is 3D or 2D.com's The 3D Show. Put on your 3D glasses now. If you're wondering what the 3D stand for, they are discussion, debate, and the news. We hope that you enjoy The Show. Get it? The Show. Duh. Duh. <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of The 3D Show. I'm Ada Fega, and today with me is.
1: Jake Jarvis
0: and fortunately James is not available so welcome to episode 79 wow 79 um we got a, quite a few interesting topics here and um usually we keep the big one for last but let's just go for it let's talk about Avengers Endgame Alright, we got official trailer for Avengers Endgame, and it looks great. I don't want to see anything more from this. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally fine waiting another month and not seeing a drop more information, because this looks I don't great.
1: Know, but I have a feeling they're going to drop one more thing just before tickets go on sale. But uh, if they can keep it uh, like these, don't give away too much, just fire you up. Uh, these are great. They've been... Great trailers.
0: So you get a black and white scenes from the previous movies. You get a black and white scene from Thor, black and white scene from Iron Man, a black and white scene from um, uh, Civil War. Yeah, um, and you also get red. Mm-hmm. And it just—it's beautiful. I can't wait to see this actually in a the theater or something. Because it's going to look stunning in 3D and just having that black and white with red colored highlights in there of, you know, everything. And then you get basically a lot of stuff we already know that, you know, after the snap, we, we're we just trying to figure out what's happening. And we do eventually get a scene with Captain Marvel in the trailer, which I, I kind of predicted, didn't I, that they're going to wait until after the movie. I was thinking it would be a little bit later than this, but... Oh, she's in this trailer, and she doesn't blink when Thor is like going up in her face for no reason, which we don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not Stormbreaker." Uh, so, does he get a new hammer, or does, uh, or do they fix Mjolnir?
0: I think it is Stormbreaker. It just you don't. It, he has the same control over it. Where it could come to him, you know, it just, you don't really see it, the whole thing. But I think it is Stormbreaker.
1: Okay. It just didn't look like Stormbreaker
0: to me. And then you do finally see uh, Tony and Nebula make it back and in the lineup, um, in the new grayish suits, which are the suits from Hank Penn from Ant-Man, right?
1: I'm guessing they're quantum realm suits. Uh, But I'm also thinking they may not be just quantum realm suits. They might be suits that they can use to go into space, go into the quantum realm.
0: Or time travel.
1: Yeah. So kind of, well, quantum realm is how they would time travel. So it would be, I think they're kind of a catch-all because I see elements of that suit uh, that look very similar to Ant-Man's suit and some other stuff. So, I'm thinking I'm thinking they're kind of a catch-all. Hey, we know the real reason those suits exist. Uh, toys.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's just part of the game. You know, you have to have yeah. new suits, or new, you know, things.
1: Uh-huh. That's why Captain Marvel's got a her her suit is different than from what in her movie. More toys.
0: Yep. I mean, it's, it's it's part of the game, man. Don't hate. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, don't hate the game, you know.
0: And then, uh, to an extent, I'm totally fine with that because I'm fine with, you know, part of, part of the toys are going to be for collectible adults and part of them are actually going to be for kids to play with. And I do like that kids are still playing with toys. You know, I love video games, but at the same time, there's something about actually playing with the physical thing, you know?
1: And just because they put out a a new version uh, for every movie or or whatever, uh, doesn't mean you have to buy them. I mean, nobody's putting a gun to your head saying you have to own them all.
0: So, um, yeah, we get a little bit of this. You know, we do get confirmation that Tony and, and um, Nebula get back to Earth somehow. Um, you know, we don't know how or when, but it happens, you know, Uh, mm
1: yeah,
0: which, you know, I never really doubted that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: now we know they get back. Or we're assuming they get back. Uh, I mean, uh, Marvel's, uh, famous for their, uh, trick trailers, uh, Because, I mean, I've noticed nobody's talked about uh, Captain Marvel, how many times they changed uh, blood in the trailers and, you know, had it blue instead of red and all sorts of other little things they played. Of course, they weren't as overt as the Infinity War trailer. You know, we're looking at the Hulk in battle scene. But all these in-game trailers, all this stuff we're seeing... We don't know how much is strictly in the trailers, how much is a misdirect, uh, which, hey, it, they're bending over backwards to keep us surprised. So, And I like a good surprise, you know, uh, as opposed to uh, when Sam Elliott uh, in Ghost Rider says, I've gone far enough. That's not a surprise that I look forward to
0: yeah and it's completely the opposite of um Warner Brothers and how they completely spoiled <laughs> damn uh by Superman and doomsday being in there
1: mm hmm and uh less said about Dark Phoenix trailer I mean, what the fox
0: you like Tana, you know don't I mean? you?
1: <laughs> well, it's clean. <laughs>
0: Which by the time no deal will be done, I think they said that yeah. um like the twenty first, twenty second is when the ink will be dry and it will be officially certified as Fox owns it and like is already. I think I read a story about Wall Street and how um people in Fox already have decided if they want cash or if they want um stock, which. I would choose stock over cash. I'm just, I'm not. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Depends if they're offered in Fox stock, I wouldn't take it, but Disney stock. Yeah.
0: No, it's a Disney stock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So that's happening next week um, or within the next few days. Um, So yeah, that's happening. And, you know, we could talk about the trailer, um, but, it, you know, some people have done, like, 30-minute videos analyzing each second, and, like, like you said, there's a lot of misdirects here, so... hmm
1: And a lot of people jump into conclusions based on nothing.
0: I mean, I do like the line that, you know, they have in here, you know, um, what is the line that they, they keep repeating it over and over again, um... Whatever
1: it takes. Whatever it takes.
0: Whatever
1: it takes. About being over it. We're not over it yet.
0: Yeah. Um, so they're going to find a way to get going and that to restart. And yeah. Um, so it's definitely interesting with a lot of goodies there. You know, we do get a little bit of information from Kevin Feige about Captain Marvel cuz Captain Marvel is now a legitimate success. It's made like 500 million, I think. Something like that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a week makes a half a billion worldwide. Yeah. So, uh I would say uh it's a outstanding success which is surprising. Uh but I mean, it's surprising in a good way. I mean, everybody, I mean, We're comic geeks. We wish all comic movies to do well and succeed. I mean, I got no agenda other than, uh, yay comics.
0: Good stories is the agenda. We want good Mm -hmm. stories. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. So, um, you know, Feige said that there will be limitations in in the Achilles' heel for Carol Danvers, which is good thing to hear, because right now, she seems to be more powerful than Superman, and at least Superman has kept a night, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I've always seen, uh, well, you could be the most powerful being in the universe, but there's some problems that can't be solved with brute force. It's what's the old adage, if you're a hammer, you try to treat every problem like a nail, and every problem isn't a nail, so just saying, not all, there's, no, there's no being so powerful that they can solve everything in every situation just like that.
0: Um, they said that in the interview that they're looking for um, ways to connect Captain Marvel and Infinity War um, when they were filming it. So they're like, what's a 90s device that would make sense that could connect the two? And they're like, oh, yeah, a beeper, yeah, a pager. You know, that was a <laughs> easy kind of thing that makes sense that in the 90s you would have that technology. You know, obviously Captain Marvel, you know, Carol Danvers is going to fix it. But, you know, yeah. I thought- talk about the uh, Sandy tribute um, and said that people, you know, were wanting he wanted to celebrate Sandy. He didn't mm-hmm. want to people to cry. I mean, we ended up crying anyway, but you wanted to celebrate the life of him and honor him. And I think that's exactly what he did there.
1: <laughs> I hope they leave that uh open for a while, at least throughout the you know, for a while. In the movies, the stan cameos for the for the you know, the the open. Yeah. Where you have pages. They should leave that for a while.
0: Now, I've kind of thought about this. Um, I don't know what Kevin Feige looks like, um, but would you want him to be, um, a a cameo into the movies to kind of continue that, or you gotta, no?
1: Um, he doesn't seem to be the cameo type of guy, uh, if I was them, I would still use Stan Lee, uh they can use they can put him on billboards and posters and all sorts of things like that have somebody walking around wearing a t-shirt with him on him uh you know
0: yeah that could be tasteful i think they did mm-hmm. confirm that they're not going to do cg versions of him and you know have him you know lip sync and you know they're not going to do that crap so
1: that that's good there's already too much of that crap going on.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, Feige is such a big part of the MCU, of getting it together and, and getting it all situated. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he's not a very recognizable person. I googled a photo of him, and he's just a generic white guy. It's balding.
1: Yeah, I think he likes it that way. I mean, if you're going to put guy, cameo guy, I mean, the Russos... Heck, um they already do uh they all, I mean um guys off the top of my head I'm trying to remember which one was in had a, actually cast himself in civil war
0: I don't know um but let's keep going here um continuing yeah. let's continue here with the comic book news and marvel news and mm-hmm. that we got confirmation that James Gunn has been rehired to do Guardians of the
1: Galaxy three, mm-hmm, and I figure this news broke when it broke is because the the merge the, the Disney ac- acquiring Fox is a done deal, and the government can't derail it.
0: I think. Um, maybe part of it is that they know that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 needs to be made soon. They can't just have that be like 10 years from now. <laughs> you know, so... And nobody wanted to touch it. Yeah, and as respect to James Gunn, no one wanted to take the role, you know.
1: <laughs> so it looks like a trilogy is going to get directed by the same director after all at Marvel.
0: Which is fine. Uh, totally fine. Uh, I like James Gunn. And uh, mm-hmm.
1: And I don't think he has any complaints. I mean, rumor has it, because of his unjust firing, Disney had to pay him $10 million on top of his contract.
0: And, you know, the past...
1: Lucrative contract. And now he's also going to be directing Suicide Squad reboot. So now I see the big issue is, uh, I just hope this doesn't turn into... Uh, and um X3 uh last stand versus superman returns situation where you have directors and actors all working on the same project and you end up with two crappy movies so because Warner Brothers and Fox were fighting and wouldn't budge and basically both of these movies had the same cast same directors same and uh it both movies were horrible
0: so, we'll get to Suicide Squad. Um, let's get back to... Let's continue on with Guardians Galaxy 3. Um, they did kind of set up Adam Warlock being um, at the end of Guardians 2. Do you actually want him to be shown on screen and have a story with him?
1: Sure. They've set it up. They've also set up Nova. So, I figure we might be getting Nova, too, maybe. We're setting up... or more of a direct setup for Nova.
0: Now... The best part of this is that, obviously, the cement will be dry, and they could go into some cosmic stuff that they couldn't do, because now they have Fox, and they have the X-Men universe, and they could go into Galactus, you know, tease Galactus, they could tease Silver Surfer, you know, That's, that's exciting to me, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly
0: because Galactus could be another major villain, you know, that can't be taken out by one group, you know.
1: Mhm. So I'm wondering if uh Guardians 3 is going to come before or after uh the celestial movie that Disney's got uh percolating in pre-production.
0: Yeah, so um it's interesting. We we got a lot to get to look forward to there. I mean, Um, I think James and I both kind of agreed that the second movie was not terrible. It just, it was fine. It was a decent follow-up to the original, but it wasn't as good as the original. Uh, What do you think of the second one?
1: I mean, I liked it fine, but it wasn't the big shock and surprise that the first one was. Like, wow, this is awesome, and it's completely different than everything else Marvel's doing.
0: And, like, we totally not – I totally did not expect that movie to be a big hit, and I didn't expect it to work because it's such a – you know, the comic is not a big comic, you know. it's It's been around for a little while, but it's not been a favorite of anyone, and people barely know about it, so it was kind of like, oh, I wow. Mean,
1: I'm a big uh, uh, Guardians fan, but uh, that's because I'm a Arnold Drake fanboy, and I really – but – This version, the movies were based more on, um, oh, comic writers uh, nicknamed DNA, uh, whose um, guardians were kind of reminiscent of their work on the Legion of Superheroes, which why you know guys go well this kind of reminds me of uh, '90s uh, Legion of Superheroes. Well, yeah, because this is based on the guardians that those guy guys wrote that version of the Legion too. So there's a lot of similarities there.
0: So um, part of the deal with Suicide Squad, I kind of wonder if Disney saw that they're going to be doing Suicide Squad and we're like, yeah, we don't want to give away, you know, James Gunn to Warner Brothers and have Warner Brothers do what, you know, work with him and get all these movies with him and, you know. We don't want to lose that on that. And, you know, sometimes jealousy could be a big thing, you know?
1: hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's get to Suicide hey, Squad.
1: <laughs> okay. That looks like it's going to be a full-on reboot.
0: And the name hasn't been officially confirmed yet, but it looks like mm-hmm. they're just going to say The Suicide Squad.
1: Oh, I would go with something... Like, I would call it A.K.A. Suicide Squad or something. Because they're actually called Task Force X. And it looks like they're going with the earlier, ru- the first run. Uh, the real political run. That's really dark, edgy. Uh, very grounded in the world, real world politics.
0: And um, James Gunn is writing and directing that. And once they're done with Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad, then they're going. he's going to go over to Disney and do Guardians Galaxy 3. So that's already the deal. That's how it's going to work. So don't, you know, it's going to be two mm-hmm. time periods mm-hmm. different, you know.
1: So, like, I'm I'm just really hoping that uh, he doesn't have to run, that they don't try to uh, overlap these too much. I mean, yeah, I imagine there'll be some pre-production. Like, if he's in pre-production at one and post-production in the other, I think he could handle that but I don't think they should be in production simultaneously that's just never it just never works out uh and like I said the most famous example of this being an abysmal failure uh, all around is the just hey kids just google uh superman returns and um x x3 the last stand and the story behind those two productions is a hilarious train wreck, and I'm really surprised somebody hasn't made a movie about it yet.
0: So, you know, we are going to get a new crack at the Suicide Squad, and we do know already that Deadshot's being redone, and we don't know if uh, Marco Robbie's going to come back as Harley Quinn, because she's going to have her own movie then. You know, who do you want to come back now that we know that there's gonna be a, a reboot. Do you want to have Enchantress again? No, I don't
1: Oh, I don't think I don't think we're getting any of those characters, uh uh I figure there's a chance we might get uh uh Dave Batista as a Peacemaker, even though I would personally like to see him as the polka dot man because that's a character that really needs to have a sly sense of humor and somebody with good comic timing, and I think he would be really good at being the poet. But he'd make a great peacemaker, too. In fact, hell, if they wanted to cast him as Enchantress, I'm sure he could pull it off.
0: (laughs) Because Enchantress was definitely the the, the stinker of that group.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, she reminded me of, uh, oh, Zool and Ghostbusters.
0: But worse. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, aim for the flat top. I mean, I felt like I was watching Ghostbusters 84, you know, along with a little bit of Kelly's Heroes, kind of, in that movie. But, and, I, and Idris Elba's dead Deadshot, you know, that's going to be really interesting.
0: So, um, and then it's going to be like a, a Suicide Squad from another dimension. Because, like, we're still going to get Amanda Waller um, and Viola Davis. And, you know, it's just going to be a weird movie. But I'm excited for it. I did, you know, I do like the original. I, I don't hate it as much as everyone else does. But it definitely is a flawed movie.
1: Yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, it's it's. It's one of those, it's just kind of what I joke. It's fine. It works. It's okay. Uh, It's not the end-all be-all, but it works. It didn't insult my intelligence. I didn't feel like I wasted two and a half hours of my life watching it. It was fine.
0: And I think that this one, I think Warner Brothers is learning, which is the most important part, to trust its directors and not micromanage which I think this was the biggest problem of Suicide Squad was that you know they're like oh they got to make it more light more fun because people didn't like Batman Superman and it's like well that's not really the way to do things and you know you shouldn't be changing because you don't like one movie change the next one that doesn't really work that way and from what I've heard that production behind the scenes of the original they really you know didn't held down the director and didn't let him do what he wanted, you know?
1: Yeah, which is a shame. I mean, David Ayers is like one of those directors. I mean, yeah, he's had a few movies that didn't work for me, but, you know, he's a very talented director and he's one of those guys I will, he's one of those guys I will get my butt in the seat almost just just on the, oh, David Ayers directed. Okay, I'll give it a shot.
0: So, yeah, I think it's exciting to see this, and I think, you know, this is going to be a fun take on this, and it should be a pretty good movie, um, all things considered. And, you know, maybe, I think, hopefully they ha- learn the lesson as well, and keep this low scale. We don't need to have the Suicide Squad saving the world from aliens again. Who care? You know, we don't need that. <laughs> we need them to do something small.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out what's going on. I mean... Uh do we even know if Jared Leet is still running around the DC universe as the Joker or have they cut him loose completely and he's just sayonara I'm now Morbius?
0: That's a good question because I don't know. I I think that maybe they still have a contract for him to do one and I think they they're still interested in doing it, but they don't I don't it's one of those Promised movies that DC has promised. But he,
1: uh, but, uh, he would be a good fit for a Suicide Squad
0: movie. So it, it, it's interesting, you know. Suicide Squad would work, and the best way to do it is to do it like a Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen, Ocean's Ten, mm-hmm. whatever that kind or, of thing,
1: or, or original Mission Imp- or like the Mission Impossible uh, TV show, uh, you know, where that. You pick a team, and you may not come back. You know, if you accept this mission, we'll see. Uh, I just like James Gunn as a director. I've always liked him. Uh, so he's he's got a he's got a sweetness to him, and he's got a real edge to him. You know, it's very interesting. Yeah. So I, like I look forward to this movie very much. Heck, I look forward to movies he produces. You know, I'm looking forward to *Brightburn*.
0: Yeah, I mean, Suicide Squad would be a good thing to do with, you know, have them infiltrate Fort Knox or something stupid like that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. kind of story you want for this, this not aliens or, you know, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or they could go, uh, or they get hired to go kill the Joker.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: I heard the villain was Black Mask, but I haven't heard the name, uh... And at one time, uh, but then again, or was that for the Birds of Prey movie, they're having Black Mask with you know. and McGregor as cast? We'll find out soon enough.
0: Now, would you want, like, maybe Black Manta to be in the Suicide Squad? Or that would be kind of weird?
1: No, it would be, be pretty cool. I mean, I don't think he's going to be there, but that would, hey, I wouldn't mind Ocean Master in it. <laughs> Patrick, a good actor, you know. I mean, he's a he's a good enough actor. Uh, cr- you know, Conjuring movies and stuff are watchable just because he's in them. I mean, he's he's better at playing Ed Warren than Ed Warren was in his real life.
0: So yeah, um, you know, both some interesting good news there. Um, we got also a trader for official trailer for Aladdin. What do you think of this?
1: Hmm. uh I thought it was a better trailer than what they it, it looks like uh it looks like it, they're pretty much it's going to be like uh, the the animated version uh more or less but you know Will Smith has a different manic energy than Robin Williams had uh I'm not the world's biggest Aladdin fan that's the uh I I actually like Beauty and the Beast and um, Little Mermaid more.
0: So I'm warming up to this movie now, where I was really against it. Okay, I'm starting to warm up to this. I think I mm-hmm. kind of get a sense to how Will Smith is going to be. And I kind of like it. I can kind of understand it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does seem very safe, which at the same time, I understand they have to be safe eighty five percent of the movie is gonna be the same thing as the animated yeah. movie
1: mhm it's disney they They tend to be safe uh not always uh looking at you, black cauldron uh us black cauldron fans have to shout it out every once in a while
0: what's the mo- deal with that movie
1: <laughs> uh it's just a cool, dark animated uh movie, and it's just so unlike anything Disney's ever done. I mean, basically, it's kind of Lord of the Rings for little kids.
0: So, yeah, we get it. You know, I did like in the scene that, you know, it's like, I want to be a prince. And, you know, and, like, he generates a prince. It's like, so you got to be more specific, you know. And I like that idea that you have to be more specific Mm -hmm. for your wishes, you know. And this one got confirmed at the end to be in 3D, which we weren't sure about. But, I mean, all the Disney live action movies have been. So that's good to hear.
1: Yeah, and it looks like sometimes Genie's gonna be blue and sometimes he's not. So,
0: yeah, human shape, human form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that works more in this movie than he did in the original cartoon because he was, you know, human form occasionally in the in the cartoon, but it didn't really work because it was just kind of weird. You know, I think it works more here, and. I kind of got a Bollywood vibe. I don't know about you. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely a Bollywood vibe, which was uh, a good idea.
0: Yeah, keeping it... Have it Indian, and have it really colorful, really fun, really, you know, good kind of emotion to it and dancing and, you know, I could, you know, it's Arabian Nights. It's not Indian Nights or Pakistani Nights or or whatever. But, I mean... You know, you know what I'm saying? It kind of still... Yeah,
1: have that that high energy, the music, the dancing, which is really smart if you don't have a stand-up comedian who can just ad-lib like crazy, you know? You gotta... And uh, you want to have that manic energy that made the first one so popular go another way, and that's a smart way to go. It also opens it up, and makes it relatable to a large portion of the world. Because Bollywood movies are extremely popular worldwide. Uh, I wish uh, more of their 3D fare uh, got U.S. releases. I mean, I've only heard of one, and I was very disappointed the few 3D screenings that were in my neck of the woods didn't start till. 10 o'clock at night and that's kind of rough uh to go uh, to go to see a movie that's four hours long and starts at 10 p.m
0: yeah a a few of them have been near me but you know not good times for me to record or watch it i think like 2.0 was over here and it's like the middle of the day and i was like okay that sounds good but i have other things i got to do you know on the saturday and um that controversial one came
1: hmm yeah, and then most of Bollywood that gets here, even if there is a 3D version, they don't screen it here, so.
0: Um, the one I had did have the 3D screens for him, um, but I, I just didn't have time to do it, and um, the, the thing that's kind of weird is that sometimes they don't get the 3D screens of our movies over there, and, like, there's been mm-hmm. quite a few 3D movies that don't get released in India, and, like, it's ridiculous that like completely, like a week or two before release, oh, we don't have a distributor. And it just goes out in the vapor and no one watches it. And it's just like. And come sometimes
1: on. Uh, India gets uh, home video releases of stuff in 3D that we don't. So,
0: so um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, kind of talking, mm-hmm. and continuing with Will Smith, we got mm-hmm. uh, information on gemini man which now has been confirmed to be in 3d which it wasn't before we don't have a trailer or a poster yet probably after we put up the podcast it'll probably go up but neither here there um and they get confirmed that it's going to have a high frame rate what do you think of a high frame rate movie
1: uh i actually like high frame frame rate movies i like them very much uh First time high frame rate movie I saw was one of the Lord of the Rings sequels. And to me, it looked like it was the first time I saw a movie that actually looked like real life. I felt like I was looking at reality, Uh, ironically, because everything in it was CGI created. So that wasn't lost on me when I saw it. I chuckled. I just felt like all these ogres and stuff were real. I mean, it looked real. It felt real. But unfortunately, it doesn't translate to home video because that would mean we have to change our TVs, um, Blu-ray players. Everything has to be changed up for high frame rate. So uh, one step, one step forward, two steps back.
0: Now it's interesting because high frame rate would be sixty frames per second for three D, a hundred and twenty for two D, and. There's not many theaters that can't even handle this. So, you know, who's really going to be able to see this besides, you know, one or two theaters, you know, and you have to have, you know, it's going to be really hard to find this.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. There's like four places within 100 miles of me that can play this. It stunk as none of them got Guardians uh, 2, which had a. 3D high frame rate version available but it didn't play anywhere near me.
0: Now, just to make sure we're clear, um most movies go with the regular frame rate which I think is 23 frames per second, right? Or about 24. All right, just about there, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, 24 frames per second is the is the close enough for government work.
0: Um so that's like the standard movie and, you know, Mm. Th- there is some TVs and some Blu-ray players that do have it, and people have like get mad and they're like, no, I don't want to see it in that frame rate. I want to see it, you know, lower frame rate, regular, you know. People have said that it looks like a soap opera, which I don't understand. Uh, it depends. Uh, there's
1: look, to me, high frame rate doesn't look like a soap opera. It's the Little controls they add on TVs that make things look like soap opera effect. Uh, to me, a high frame rate just makes things. Of course, um, I have a. Of course, your mileage may vary. Uh, I have an extra cone, so I see differently than a lot of people do. So that's probably why. Uh, to me, higher frame rate to me looks closer to reality.
0: Are you an X-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a mutant. Um. So, who knows if we're ever actually going to see this. You know, the last movie was Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which was a massive flop.
1: Yeah, uh, the name tells you absolutely nothing and doesn't inspire any reason to go see it.
0: It's apparently about like you know a war, Iraq war veteran that comes back and can't handle being part of the you know like it, it, the, the just struggling with PTSD.
1: Mm-hmm. Just what you want to see from director Ang Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's basically. I haven't seen it either, but that was the last high frame rate movie that Ang Lee did and that was a massive flop everywhere um i don't think it got good reviews either so
1: hey i didn't see it
0: i was like uh, we
1: just lived through this i don't want to be every i think everybody wants to forget uh the whole, the the anything to do with the bush years they just want to pretend they didn't happen
0: yeah it, it just, it's just it's a weird time you know it, it's hard to have nostalgia for being scared of terrorists, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we have to go through the early 2000s nostalgia first before we get to this nostalgia. You know, get your nostalgia in
0: order. But, I mean, you know, I do like Angley. I I think Life of Pi is a great movie, and I love the 3D yeah. in that movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just keep him away from Hulk movies, and we'll be fine.
0: I could respect the original Hulk. I don't. I. I. I now that I'm older, I kind of understand why people don't like it that much. But I have a respect for it, you know.
1: Oh, I do too, but it's not the Hulk.
0: I respect I just, the.
1: Didn't understand the source material.
0: The the dad issues with Hulk are something that's interesting. I've always found interesting about and they never really go into, and they actually have Betty here, which they never, you know, they kind of dropped from MCU altogether. I don't think there is a Betty in the MCU, right?
1: Uh, there is, but I think they made her a Hulk.
0: Well, they basically... I
1: think, <laughs> I think they're just taking everybody in the Hulk who's known the Hulk and turned him into a Hulk. Which is what happens when you uh have a character that's fifty years old and uh and people you hire to write it don't wanna create new characters because they don't have ownership of them
0: now going back to the high frame rate, I think um James Cameron has specifically stated that he wanted or he wants or envisions the next avatar movies to be high frame rate 3D, um, you know, with like 8K, you know, cameras and did be the top end, top end. So, you know, we'll see if that could happen. You know, it, it was Avatar that really, you know, there's 3D movies that came out before Avatar, but Avatar pushed it forward. And, you know, could Avatar 2, if it's, you know, you have to see it in 60 frames per second 3D, you know, is that going to push the movie franchise, you know, series forward? Or is it going to be a dud? Because he's waiting too long for the sequel, you know?
1: Yeah, and uh, and who knows if Disney wants to spend the money. With Disney, you never know.
0: We should be getting an Avatar 2 any time now. It should be happening. Yeah.
1: I know, but it's... This has taken so long, I mean, it's starting to enter Gambit territory.
0: Well, it's almost to Flash territory, which is our next topic. Awesome segue.
1: Ah, uh, yes, awesome segue. Mm-hmm.
0: So, we got some news that um, Ezra Miller, who played the Flash in um, Justice League, is now writing the script for the Flash.
1: Uh, Along with comic book writer and creator of the television show Happy, Grant uh, Morrison.
0: Which is really interesting and kind of weird that an actor would help write his own movie.
1: Uh, He's probably frustrated on many levels. Uh, Wants to do something that's not uh, uh, Jeff Johns, because uh, it's one thing I have to say about the DC universe is everything seems to be all based on the interpretations of one creator.
0: I think if, um, I think I've read some places that if this doesn't happen, he's just going to give up. And then, you know, that's going to be the end of the flash movie because if he's out, then no one's in and, uh, you know, just have to drop it and move on. But
1: as the guys who turned in a script, uh, John Francis Daly and, um, God, what's the other guy, John Goldstein, or is it Smith, um, they, uh, wrote, uh, Game Night and Spider-Man Homecoming, so, I mean, they're, they're very good script writers.
0: Yeah, Game Night is a whole lot of fun.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Game Night, must see, yeah, and if you got a 3D TV, hey, you can watch it in 3D if you wish. But it's not a 3D movie, but gotta recommend it. It's one of the best comedies I've seen come out of Hollywood in 20 years.
0: Um, wasn't, um, like the first writers of the Flash movie, um, the people that did Lego and, um, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, weren't they the writers at first, too? They got fired uh, for some reason. They were,
1: they were directors. Which.
0: Drives me crazy because they're such great directors. Lord and Miller.
1: Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lord and Miller. They were directing it. I thought this was going to be awesome. We have great directing duo with a great writing duo. You know, this sounded like it was going to be a dream come true. And then all of a sudden... I don't know. See... I mean, I don't know if it's because everybody's fighting over whether to do Flashpoint or not.
0: Which I think is a bad and, idea. Uh,
1: well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, because Flashpoint, the, the story, uh, is mostly uh, Thomas Wayne Batman, uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and Shazam. That's the majority of the story. With the Flash.
0: Okay. The reason I have a problem with Flashpoint for this movie is that you'd be basically introducing the characters to a mainstream audience and then changing them immediately after you introduce them. And it just will be Ring Hollow, I think.
1: Well, the thing is, uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Batman, all these characters have already been introduced in DC movies. Uh...
0: Well, yeah, well, I'm talking about like Iris West,
1: but I don't know if they actually want to do a reboot at this point. But the then, but then again, I don't know what, because Ezra Miller says he wants to go darker. So, only thing I can think of darker than Flashpoint is when, uh, Zoom murders Iris West.
0: Which, that will be one hell of a dark story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then he turns around and murders Zoom and then goes on trial for it.
0: And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things, too, that the Flash TV show has kind of robbed the Flash movie from potential storylines. Because this could become compared to one another if you do the same story, you know? Yeah. And... Um, you know, the Flash TV show has been around and is well-established and pretty much well-liked. I think some people think the last season or so have been kind of weak, you know. Um, and I won't disagree with that. But still, it's it's hard because you already have a Flash that people like. And what do you think of Miller's Flash in Justice League? I, I, I don't think I got any new commentary on him.
1: Well, it's fine, but the problem is uh, it's so overshadowed. I agree. It's so overshadowed with the TV show because uh, Grant Gustin is just so perfect as the Flash, and Ezra and, and Barry Al Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. Uh, we haven't seen very much of him. There's been no development. I mean, he's just a few quips and quirks. And I mean, what? How much? What? Twenty minutes of uh, Ezra Miller all together as Flash and all of these uh Justice League movies? And yeah. how many hours and hours has Grant Gustin had to develop the character? So, I mean it's not even Ezra Miller doesn't even have a chance. I mean, Grant Gustin just owns the character. He's just so perfect at it.
0: I think the only way that you could really do a Flash movie is just to basically have, you know, Maybe have like a 10 minute intro of how he got his powers, who he is, and then go after some rogues. And it just mm-hmm. be a simple movie where you go after two or three rogues and you try to, you know, it's a fast paced movie because it's a flash. Have it be. I'm trying to
1: remember the issue. It's one of the most iconic covers from the 60s where it's the first time all the rogues get together with Captain Cold and they take out the Flash and he has to really work because all of a sudden, you know, these guys are all teamed up like their own version of the Justice League and they know how to use their powers together to take him out. That would be a really good story to adapt, but it's not Jeff Johns.
0: Now, tell me more about Jeff Johns.
1: Okay, Jeff Johns is the brain is the comic brain trust and so far the only things that have been getting turned into movies at dc are his uh versions of uh stories like his run like aquaman was based on his run aquaman uh wonder woman was based on his work on wonder woman and I imagine the problems with the Flash are he wants his version of the Flash, and there was a little pushback with Snyder because he uh, was uh, was basing stuff on the Injustice video games,
0: which Injustice would be a fun movie, but I think you have to. It's, uh,
1: but it's but it doesn't fit in with the mainstream DC universe. And I don't think you could substitute injustice for the mainstream d c universe.
0: No, I agree. It could be a fun thing to do as like you know a third Justice League movie or something after you establish the characters after everyone likes everything. It could be just like a nightmare kind of scenario that's fun, you know, so but you don't wanna oh, do that, off. yeah,
1: yeah, see, I would love to see. The Green Lantern story, Darkest Night, but you just can't drop that without laying down a lot of uh, groundwork first, because that was a great series, watching the Justice League fight all these dead heroes and villains, because, you know, the Black Power Rings could raise the dead, so it was like a superhero zombie attack, I mean, it was awesome but you just can't start off there because there's no stakes if... I mean, the reason there were stakes in the comics is you knew the relationships with all these people and their backstories and how they interacted and their betrayals and their frustrations and everything.
0: So, hopefully we get some positive news on The Flash because it's been in development hell for years. (laughs)
1: Mhm. Yeah. I just think this is a kind of a, a last ditch thing to do something and or cuz I think Ezra Miller's like, well, I'm <laughs> who knows what's going on with Harry Potter. I mean, it's making money. Uh some people like it, some people don't. Um uh, but it just seems like there's just a lot of stuff swirling around the whole franchise.
0: Yeah. So We shall see if we ever get a Flash movie, or if it just becomes becomes overwear. Gambit, yeah, which Gambit is basically. We're gonna confirm that, you know. We're not gonna confirm it really, but we could put a stake in that because that's dead. Because (laughs) (laughs) now that the deal is gonna be done in a couple days, you know, Disney is not stupid. They're gonna just cancel anything in the future. We said this a thousand times before. We'll say it again. The likelihood of uh, X Men Dark Phoenix is going to still come out normal, and the likelihood, very likely, that Hulu was, is going to get um, the Dark the, the the mutants, the New Mutants, and then that's it. They're not going to touch anything else after that. You know, they may release New Mutants in theaters, but it probably not. Uh, you know, at this point, why bother? You know,
1: if it gets released, it'll be like a late August just dump
0: so yeah i'm not expecting much from that and i don't think anything after that is Is i think it's all gone you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah they're going to uh kevin feige will be able to plot uh what he does with uh the, Mar- the former fox properties that of marvel you'll be able to plot his fantastic four his x-men and and decide what he wants to do with them. So, Jake, do you
0: got anything else you want to talk about?
1: Oh, we should talk about that um,
0: Toy Story 4 trailer that just dropped. So, this one, totally out of the blue. We've had a couple, like, micro-trailers or teasers, but we haven't had, like, a whole official trailer yet. And now, this is a doozy of a trailer. I think it does a good enough job to give you some hooks... To get you into this theater, but not to ruin the whole plot. What are your overall thoughts before we get into it?
1: Yeah, it looks like they actually got a real story with some real stakes. Uh, It looks like, okay, it looks like they got a real idea here. This isn't just a a shameless cash grab off of popular characters. And it's going to be, you know, I feel really bad for Bonnie. She loses her, uh, her new, uh, newest toy, and she loses, uh, her other toys. Woody. Yeah? We know Woody for sure, but you know, eventually the rest of them are gonna go missing looking for Woody and Sporky. I think that's what they finally decided his name is.
0: Yeah, is it Forky or Sporky? It
1: sounded like Sporky to me, but it was hard to tell from the audio. That whether he was Sporky or, for, uh, and he's definitely having an existential crisis
0: on his purpose. Yeah, that's very fascinating. That he recognizes that he is not a toy, which we kind of got that in the very first little teaser. But the fact that now he's like totally into, oh my god, I'm not a toy. I'm a, a you know a utensil, and they kind of cross over it, and it's like. Yes, get into that. That's something that's really damn interesting. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, and he also feels like he's disposable, one he use and thrown away. Yeah. So, For major depression, major depression.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I doubt. I I wonder if they're going to touch it or if it's going to be basically one or two lines and then they move on. You know, or
1: yeah. That's one thing about Pixar—you never know.
0: You know, Pixar is the kind of you know, kind of animation studio that would go in there and would go deep into that psychology of what is consciousness, and you know. Mm Hmm. That's part of the reason I love love the passion Inside Out because it goes there.
1: Yeah, I do too. That was a great, yeah, I didn't think anything could, uh, approach up. And I was, like, going, oh, I think this one's giving up, uh, storyline, uh, run for its money. Of course, st- Toy Story's always gonna get you in the feels. And this trailer, uh, yeah, and they picked, uh, peak, uh, Beach Boys. I mean, it's hard to beat Beach Boys, uh during their uh, pet sounds, period. So, yeah, um,
0: we get to see Bo Bo, Bo Heap, or Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I've moved on, and I'm found, and I'm over here at the carnival or, or amusement park, or and I'm happy here, and it seems that Woody's happy there. But I'm kind of confused how a toy would be happy at an amusement park, because... The kids are not going to be playing with them. They're going to be playing with the rides and the stuff.
1: Yeah. So, are they like prizes to be won? And they're just never won? I mean, still, like I said, intriguing uh, questions. But we don't have answers. And then we had these uh, dolls that look like the ventriloquist dummies from uh, Goosebumps
0: which is awesome. I thought that was actually really cool and scary and, and fun. Creepy.
1: Yeah, not yeah, creepy but not too creepy. So I don't think I'm going to have to deal with a uh, little kid meltdown when I see this in the theater.
0: So that really opens up the question of what is conscious and what is not conscious <laughs> more so. Mhm.
1: And, and we're going to have some very confused 6-year-olds
0: And, um, you know, they they do say that's a new story, new characters, and they do honor the past, which is very, very important, because Toy Story Trilogy is basically, for me, sacred. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Just one thing, uh, something I just kind of find a little amusing. Um, Most people I know who play with toys, they don't really play. They're, like, in their 20s and 30s. Uh, kids who were my, who were, who, when I played with toys like that, uh, th- today the kids seem to be more into uh, video games and handheld, you know, their tablet or their phone. You know, it's a digital thing. Not It just seems like they're not into objects until they're, a little older, and it's almost like uh, they're trying to capture a childhood they never had, and a mem uh, that didn't ex- hasn't existed for a long time. Because I mean, Woody's uh, a toy from the 1950s in this Toy Story thing, and and Buzz is a toy from the 80s.
0: Yeah, and this is something that I feel like I've you know I enjoyed them. You know, they came out in the mm-hmm. mid 90s. And for first of all, a showpiece in digital animation, which people kind of forget, there was nothing before Toy Story. There was like some small things here and there, but nothing at this scale.
1: Yeah, exactly. They uh, made uh, digital and computer animation a thing that it wasn't just this crappy thing that you could actually do something with it. As a, on its own you didn't have it wasn't merely something you would add to give flavor to a movie like Tron
0: or like a music video or something stupid uh-huh. and small yeah.
1: mm-hmm. like uh, the uh, Dire Straits uh, uh, music video that was all computer animated I mean now it's we've got deep fakes on the internet and I mean it's I mean, we're in a situation now, we can do this stuff, we question our own reality.
0: Yeah, Pixar became a big corporation because of Toy Story, and Disney eventually bought them out, and then the success of Pixar probably helped Steve Jobs get back into Apple, which then led to Apple coming back with iPhones and everything, so... I mean, Toy Story. You cannot t- t- take away how big of a deal <laughs> it is with the society.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Pixar's also gone through a change in leadership. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't. It's part of the whole Me Too situation, uh, and um, it's not the purview of this podcast, but. I just want to acknowledge that stuff because we're probably it's probably going to become more and more a part of things as as productions become are released that were affected by it.
0: Now you know going back to Pixar, Pixar was also one of the you know animation studios where people thought you know it's one of those things where Japan gets it. The animated movies mm-hmm. can be great movies and don't have to be for kids. But like American, yeah. American Western, like oh, it's a, it's a kids movie. It's cartoon, and like Pixar was one of the big people, to, big studios that said, "Screw you, we're gonna make an adult movie that happens to be animated." You know, not yeah. adult pornography or mature themes. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, adults like mm-hmm. you know,
1: because in Europe they make animated features uh for adults but they tend to be uh adult themes uh material that's not suitable for it's it's not like stories for adults that deal with adult life it's has what they call adult themes of you know sex and violence stuff that parents don't want their kids watch but i also say there's also movies that children shouldn't watch uh like parenthood it's not because of the material but little kids should know more about their life before and their relationships than before you start throwing to them what life is like having kids and being married cuz that that's it's not appropriate for them yet they need to know about this other stuff before they learn about this stuff Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, Toy Story four. I'm I'm actually kind of getting excited for this, which which is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I didn't think I was gonna. I just figured I was gonna roll my head and said, "Oh, this is just going to be greatest hits of." Oh, we're gonna take the moments from each three movies that worked, and we're gonna jam them all together and do a story about Bonnie. And it looks like. Uh, It looks like they found a good hook and a good story, and this will be, I believe, the first movie in the post-John Lasseter era. Of course, this was in... I mean, it's not completely post-John Lasseter era, but still, we'll see whether Pixar's still got some creative juices, because when you have a big change of leadership like that, It could be, it's, you never know what's going to happen next, what direction they're going to go in and whether the quality is going to stay the same.
0: And, you know, I think, I think James mentioned this before that he kind of thought Toy Story 3 was like the pinnacle of Pixar and like, they kind of have lost their way. And to a degree, I feel like they have, but they've gone, a lot of movies have been great. Coco is fantastic. Same mm-hmm. thing with, um, uh, Inside Out. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, Toy Story three just hit it out of the park. And I don't know anyone that was not shattered by that ending. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It was quite a, it was quite a thing. So I think it was pretty bold to, well, other than the money issue, uh, it's pretty bold to do a fourth one. <coughs> Cause I mean it could just go the way it could be like Shrek, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, Shrek. <laughs> um, you know, I think Toy Story Three was like one of the few movies where I saw people crying and giving a standing ovation at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I think the kids were not crying. The parents were.
1: Yeah. Oh, Toy Story is more for people of a certain generation.
0: Uh, so that's why it's kind of so important. You know, that's why Toy Story 4 it has so much weight on there. Because it has the emotional baggage of a generation or two. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's part of the reason why people don't want it to be made, but now we've seen it, and you're like okay i think I think they have a good idea here, I think they have a good idea, and I feel good, you know, but it's it was just like it's such a part of how I grew up. I grew up playing toys, I imagined them coming to life i you know this was coming out you know in the nineties, I was you know ten 15 you know years old, this was just like perfect for me. So, you know, it's just one of those things that it hit me perfectly. So, it's going to be definitely a really hard thing to review.
1: Yeah. See, I grew up with ThingMaker, so I was, like, making my own toys, uh, burning myself while doing it. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I got such scabs on my fingers, people think I'm a
0: guitarist. No,
1: playing with ThingMaker.
0: So, um, you mentioned some adult things and we kind of have yeah. to talk about uh, something that kind of happened out of nowhere that I used to, I wasn't aware that was going to happen. And the CEO of Warner Brothers has been thrown out of the company.
1: Yeah. And uh, there's uh, all sorts of names being thrown around about who will replace him. Uh, this... Uh, So we'll probably know in a a couple of weeks uh, who the new CEO of Warner Brothers is. This shouldn't have any effect on DC and Walter Hamada, but who knows? You know, you never, never say never. Uh, This is one of those things I wish DC was kind of spun off into its own thing like uh, Marvel is. But it isn't, so it is what it is. Uh
0: yeah. The CEO Kevin Tashara, which I'm probably really not uh, pronouncing that right. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. It just looks like he was uh uh relieved for trying to uh, promote an actress, and it's just your standard sexual favors and. Uh, casting people over the objections of uh, directors and producers and it's pretty much the way Hollywood has always acted it's just kind of shocking to see somebody still trying to do it with the awareness people have of it it's just shocking to just see it still happening but I guess it's since it's always happened it always will happen and I shouldn't be surprised. Uh, Just, I get tired of Warner Brothers not being able to just walk and chew gum for more than a couple of weeks at a time before they have another crisis of management.
0: Yeah, and Warner Brothers owns a lot of things besides DC Comics entirety. They own, you know, the Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. Lord of the rings
1: uh, franchise um they just got bought, they just merged with AT&T and it looks like all the Warner brothers people are mostly gone so we've got all these tech people running a studio
0: and you know part you know obviously the CEO is a big deal and how the you know corporation underneath him or her um operate is a big deal and you know not a lot of movies uh-huh have gone through production hells, you know, and, you know, we don't know what's going to be, if anything's going to happen, like we're going to see anything, if there's going to be delays, or if there's going to be any kind of changes to schedules or, you know, actors leaving or, or, you know, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that we may not know probably for a couple years and some stuff we may end up seeing just because it happens and it happens big you know it's a big news so this it's breaking news but it's also one of those news things that it's probably going to keep giving us it's going to be a fountain that we're going to keep drinking from for probably years to come Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Yeah, especially since we're going to be waiting till uh 2022 for a follow-up to aquaman other than um james one wanting to do a trench movie of course, you know, you have to admit that was a highlight of the movie when they sell to the trench and those monsters straight out of a Lovecraftian nightmare. So, I could see why James Wan wants to go back there and craft a whole movie around it.
0: So, yeah, they have a huge amount of things attached to them and, you know, I don't think we can really even have the time to see what they have, you know, but you know, the DC movies, the Harry Potter movies, the, like you said, uh, matrix movies. Uh, and God, they've got so many old properties
1: that they haven't exploited in a long, long time. Uh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. You oh know, yeah. They've got the Looney Tunes. Um, um, maverick maverick i guess it's time they ever have a western revival warner brothers is set they own so many western properties um as well as um oh they got all sorts of crime shows especially from the 50s and 60s and 70s that they could exploit uh yeah it, i mean yeah and they've also they they've got a deep catalog i mean I mean, Warner Brothers Studio has been around almost forever, almost as long as Hollywood, practically. Uh,
0: yeah, they have. They're gonna come around the century mark. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> 1923. <Yeah. laughs> so, and they're one of the big ones. Like, hey, you know, they've been around for almost a hundred years, and they've been popular for almost a hundred years. So, you know, the fact that the CEO is leaving out of nowhere, you know, because of horrible sex scandal it's just wow you know yeah
1: and it's one of the silliest of scandals it's because he's like because uh it was like why uh it didn't not only did you hurt your career you didn't help hers either and it's one of those i mean I mean, the actress, her name just keeps escaping me because it's like she didn't, it didn't, the scandal is making her more famous than any of the movies that she was put in by this guy ever did.
0: Um, Actress Charlotte Kirk?
1: Kirk, yeah. Only thing I can think of uh, she was in was Ocean's 8 off the top of my
0: head. Yeah, so it's just, it, it, you know, it's icky to talk about. It's it's hard to talk about because, you know, we're not really trying to make light of it. We're not, you know, which is kind of a lighter show. And, you know, we
1: also trying not to exploit it. I mean, but it's this stuff is just getting to be so much of it. You have to acknowledge it or you, or we sound like we've or we just seem like we've got our heads in the sand and also this stuff is more and more affecting what
0: we get to see yeah it, so it's more than just oh look at him being stupid it's it's going to affect the movie business and what comes out what doesn't get come out what gets delayed you know and what actors mm-hmm. get paid and what and you know it just there's a lot of
1: Cause a, uh a nuke because sometimes when a new regime comes in they cancel everything from the old regime that's outstanding that hasn't been made yet.
0: So, yeah, it's it's going to affect us, you know, as people that review movies and enjoy movies. And,
1: you mm-hmm. know... Warner mm-hmm. is the last American studio that has a real commitment to 3D. A serious commitment. So is that going to change under the new regime? We don't know we hope not i figure even if it changes there's still hope because uh, there's contracts for th- real 3D at Cinemark through um, 22 so there is there's going to be some product for us to see at least in Cinemark until uh, 19- until 2022
0: so and like here's a real world example DCEU, shared universe, no longer a top priority, according to the WB CEO. That was from three weeks ago, February 28th, and or a couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, the new CEO may be like, yeah, we're going to Justice League 2, man. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Or may say, we're going to go head-to-head with Marvel. Every Marvel movie, we're going to match. We're going to put out two DC movies. You know, You don't know. Or they may decide to spin off D C and sell it.
0: Yeah. So it, it could Don't know. It's gonna definitely trickle down. You know, this is one of the things where this will definitely trickle down. It's not like um Voodoo mm-hmm. Economics. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I think I think we got a good amount of show. Um nothing else you wanna mention? Uh,
1: well, we could always talk about uh Marvel. Uh, the talk that uh, everybody's uh sitting around waiting for Marvel to announce a new slate or whatever. Uh, I mean, we do have some ideas what's coming uh, because there's been little leaks uh, We know uh, Scott Derrickson is working on uh, Doctor. Strange uh, sequel. We know uh, Marvel's just hired a director. For Shang-Chi. We know uh the Eternals is in pre production.
0: And we got also uh Black Widow movie, which we've talked about before, and the Black Panther movie too. So, you know, there's definitely gonna be some movies coming out. And, you know, Black Panther and Black Widow and Doctor Strange are all, you know, and Guardians are all, you know, known properties. You know, we know what to expect from those movies, basically. But the Eternals are going to be out there,
1: <laughs> yeah. And we will know if because there was at one time going to be almost a year break between Marvel movies. Uh, I think this summer at either San Diego, um, Comic Con, or at if 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 Disney decides to have a D twenty three or something, or maybe Show West in Vegas, we will find out. Um what we will get dates and movies and we'll find out if there's going to be a big break,
0: uh, for Marvel. Yeah. Shang Chi is going to be interesting because it's going to be a Kung Fu, um, movie. And, um, he's in the Marvel cinematic, you know, Marvel comics. Um, he's supposed to be like the best Kung Fu fighter of all time. Now, you know, obviously yeah. that's he is a little
1: problematic, uh, on several fronts, uh, he uh is the son this isn't a spoiler, by the way it's it's Canon in the comics. He's the son of Fu-Manchu.
0: Mm.
1: uh the character has not aged well uh if I was a marvel and I'm not so they would be very smart if they like made him the son of the Mandarin or something.
0: okay. Um, you know, and he's just kung fu, which hey, I love kung fu, don't get me wrong. I love martial arts, I think that's a great um, uh-huh. film friend. Fran- also,
1: get rid of the biracial thing because the reason they did it was because the show Kung Fu, where they cast a white man as a biracial Asian character, which wouldn't fly today. And I would just make because people were crying for Iron Fist to be Asian. So I would make Shang-Chi Asian <laughs> and get some really good martial arts.
0: Yeah, so that's a good question because martial arts is really fun to watch on screen. But, I mean, how is he going to yeah. really compete with, yeah. like, Thor? <laughs> yeah,
1: get, um, like, Sammo Hung. I mean, that guy has directed some of the greatest kung fu fights in cinematic history. Uh and he's still with us, working strong. I mean, yeah, get him doing the, court as a fight coordinator, man. Heck, uh, Jet Li could probably coordinate. I mean, he's been in so many of these movies. He could probably do it now. He could move behind the camera.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Jet Li and, you know, having...
1: And there's all sorts of talent to do this. Uh And I'm sure uh, Disney through Marvel has approached a lot of these guys already, or hopefully so. I mean, there's also talent in Hong Kong that hasn't been tapped by the West yet.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, having Jet Li and Jackie Chan be consultants, at least, would be a very big deal, I think, and really help. Mm -hmm authenticate it, make it feel more than just Marvel Kung Fu movie, you know? <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and then there's other guys like uh, like uh, like Choy uh, Hawk and I'm trying to think of some, because so many good guys have just passed away in the last few years. But there's still several with us who are haven't retired who I said there's, Hong Kong's got lots of talent. Always has, probably
0: always will. So there's some interesting things here. You know, that's going to be a brand new kind of movie, you know, and it could, you know, be huge in Asia and huge everywhere and, you know, be something.
1: Yeah, so I to have a street level hero because traditionally Shang-Chi has been almost like a, a martial arts daredevil.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe this is a way that they get them, um, you know, connect if they want to um connect it to iron fist and maybe he's like a cousin to you know wing or whatever not Wing. what's her name um
1: calling wing wing. yeah yeah
0: maybe you know if there's a connection there and they could connect that with you know having iron fist season three or something and you know that could be interesting a way to connect it if they wanted to you know
1: yeah i figured uh if Iron Fist comes back, they're going to recast.
0: Which I actually really like season two, so I kind of feel bad about.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I just think this day and age, uh, audiences want an Asian Iron Fist.
0: So, yeah, it's it's some interesting things. It's going to be different to see this movie, and it's going to be different to see the Eternals, you know. hmm
1: yeah definitely i mean eternals is i mean we're getting into kind of trippy uh material there
0: yeah i've talked to people about this movie and it's like okay you know how nowhere in guardian's of the galaxy is like oh yeah the giant floating head like, yeah imagine a movie about those characters it's like oh okay i'm ga- i'm game i
1: <laughs> yeah those people yeah whose heads are big enough that they can be a planet
0: <laughs> you know that could be you know and that Eternals could be one ever timeline because it could be you know a billion years from you know now in the past that we don't know about you know
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, actually i don't even know if that uh, or is a, or is a nowhere uh, a celestial <laughs> and the celestials are i don't if i remember my Trippy '60s, uh, Kirby, sci-fi stuff. I believe the Eternals are even older than the Celestials.
0: Yeah, it, that's where it gets kind of confusing and and all that. But you know, I'm I'm interested. It's going to be kind of that's one that they could go really out there for. So, and then Doctor mm-hmm. Strange too. Could, they could go really out there for, you know.
1: Oh, one of the rumors I'm hearing about. Doctor Strange is we may get uh, the defenders, you know, Namor and Hulk and Doctor Strange.
0: I mean, I would love Black Panther 2 to have uh, the villain be uh, Victor Van Doom. Mm -hmm. Because that could be a really interesting thing that, you know, Van Doom wants to um, have uh, you know, yeah. And, you know, he's his own country too. And, you know, getting mm-hmm. his perspective on things. And because Van, you know, the, the doom, uh, Dr. Doom is, you know, part of the whole X-Men Fantastic Four, and they're going to have access to that. So that would be an interesting way to do that. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah. Oh, um, Talking about Marvel. Before we go, you previously mentioned that Captain Marvel made about five hundred million. It's that number has dramatically changed, it's now just about seven hundred and seventy-nine million.
1: Holy crap! This thing is in in range of hitting a billion worldwide.
0: And it's in definitely going to probably hit Wonder Woman. You know, with a, Wonder Woman is like eight hundred something like that million. So it's 100 million away from that, and 500 of that is worldwide, uh, foreign. Re- uh, dem- uh, so any people questioning, oh, a woman can't handle being superhero. Yeah, you're, you're that complete idea is dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Wonder Woman didn't prove it, this one ought to. And then if that still doesn't convince you. Marvel's going to hit you over the head with Black Widow in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, and I think definitely it's, you know, Marvel at this point and Disney, like, yeah, trolls, eat it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Marvel, I think you should listen to the ladies who uh, work for you and want a Lady Liberators movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I- I'm 100% game for season three of um, Agent Carter.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, 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 Disney, you got your own streaming service. Yeah, your own Hulu. I can't, I can't think of a better place to have Agent Carter. Heck, you might actually get me to, you know, let loose us some money here. I mean, to be honest, the only reason I got Netflix is because it comes with my phone plan for free. All
0: right. I think that's a pretty good show we got a lot of topics here um but we had a we had some good fun and uh thank you for listening bye bye all right before this podcast ends i want to give a thank you to my patrons right now we have a one patron which is david from spain and i want to thank you for your financial support all right so that's going to be it for this podcast we now have a patreon and the link is in the description uh thanks for watching And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And, of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye, everyone.